Hey guys, welcome to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Tamburino, also known on Instagram as One Classy Mother Runner. Give me a follow. I'd love to connect with you there. Also, did you know that I offer virtual coaching services? Learn more at NikkiTamburino.com. And finally, are you a woman who runs or wants to run in Baltimore? Check out Baltimore's inclusive ladies running club on Instagram at Bella's Run Club. Now, let's talk about today's episode. I am so excited to share my conversation with Matt Johnson. If you don't know who he is, go to Instagram right now and search Matt Johnson underscore. You will not regret following this badass runner. He's inspiring the entire community with his grit and determination. He has an incredible list of achievements, including his most recent finish at the Leadville 100. And he has an adorable soft spot for his mom, which I just love. This episode was recorded just three weeks before Matt's recent Leadville finish, and so we're going to hear all about how he prepared to persevere and why he thinks speaking up about your goals is the secret to success. We do kick off the episode with a few choice swear words, so if you're sensitive to that sort of thing, you might want to fast forward through the first two minutes. But with that said, I think we're ready to get started, so let's go. If I say a cuss word, is that bad? I cuss no, a lot. Fine. It's bad. Oh God, no! It's okay. totally fine. I will. I will like throw the f word out. Like just like I just start people. talking, and I'm like, oh shit! I, or like, yeah, right there. Oh, yeah, just like, like that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, no, we're good. And I pro- <laughs> I'll probably apologize too, just out of habit. But it's totally fine. Like, plus as a runner, like, I mean, how do you not like? I mean, when you're like miles in, and you're just oh, this fucking sucks. I like, wish whatever. that like during Leadville that it was recorded. Like how many times I said fuck? Like I, I it just yeah. I just want, I want like a like a like a twenty minute video and it's just like a GoPro of me and it's like fuck 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 right. fuck <laughs> right like you should just yeah I, the things that if I could like speak the things that I think during my runs I feel like it would be pretty entertaining like I feel like I'd probably go to prison yeah yeah that or like I'd be super inspirational and like people would just be like dude this chick is like i would have i would have ups and downs of like yeah wow this guy is great and like wow maybe this guy this guy needs to be in like a mental institution <laughs> i do i can relate there's, to that there's, there's there's never a happy middle <laughs> no no um but anyway okay so anyway um talking to matt johnson uh really excited to have you on i when i reached out to you like i said i don't know much about you i i think i came across um a video that we were talking about before we started recording that you did this seven mile seven, seven minute was it seven mile or seven minute seven, seven miles mile, yeah seven mile run um with somebody who is like interviewing which is by the way such a cool format for an interview like i just thought that was like the coolest thing i was like whoa this is like really cool um so i i saw you there and I'm, of course i'm like this guy like i this guy's cool like i just know he's like got tats he's like got piercing like he's just like he's like rips like this guy is like gonna be like cool person to talk to so that was like my first impression knowing nothing about you just based totally off of looks I'm like this this guy's gonna be like badass I um, love that yeah 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 and then um and then I think I saw something that you posted and uh god I'm sorry if like this isn't you or this is wrong but something about like were you a heavy drinker or something like that in the past did you post something about drinking or like maybe you were had a substance abuse or maybe it wasn't even abuse maybe it was just like a comparison to like how much yeah you drank yeah uh, i spent um i spent a lot of my time i would say probably like like during covid um i really i wouldn't say that i mean i i really wouldn't classify myself as an alcoholic whatsoever but i really crutched on alcohol for happiness Yes, and, yeah. you know, like, and I still, like, still to this day, like, you know, I still enjoy beers. I go out with friends. I, I have a good time. But I came to a point when I moved to Austin, like, really, really at the beginning of, the, of this year where I kind of took a step back and I looked at myself and I'm like, I'm using this as a crutch to be happy or to feel happy or, you know, to manipulate my own feelings and it was something that i've recently stepped away from and it was very eye-opening um and how much better i feel and how much better i perform because there was times where you know you go out to dinner and you'd have three four five drinks sometimes and um it just you know it was deteriorating performance and you know, you feel like shit the next day. And yeah. then, you know, I just, I just realized that I was, I was using it to try to be happy. And 
I didn't want to do that anymore. So I have nothing, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I'll sit here and uh, have a couple of beers with friends or even a beer by myself to enjoy, you know, after a long run. Yeah. But never again will I will I use that as a crutch to you know to be happy and um, you know my father was an alcoholic um, my mom struggled sometimes with alcoholism and my grandfather like like it's ran in the family so I know that those habits were there and I just came to a point where I'm like I'm not I'm not going to fall into this yeah you know that's interesting and I think we can kind of um, go off on this topic a little bit because I can totally relate to what you're saying it's such a weird I feel like it was such a weird, like, self-actualization, like, thing to realize that I was struggling with alcohol, yet not an alcoholic. So it was just a really weird space to be in. Like, I, I too, re realized that I was using alcohol as, like, a crutch, like, just to, like, chill out, like, at the end of the day. And my, I, I love to drink wine. And, like, there was this whole, like, mommy wine culture. And, like, so before I knew it, I, at, like, every night I was drinking, um, you know, three glasses of wine, a bottle of wine. And then I'd wake up and I'd feel not only like shit, but I would just feel so guilty and like it messed with my mental health. And yeah. so I did struggle with it for a little while. And I, and I didn't know for a while if I could be like, am I an alcoholic? Like, or is like what, like, cause it, I didn't feel like I um, had any business saying that I knew what that struggle was like, but I did struggle with it. And it's been a, it's been a back and forth. And, um, and I, I posted this on Instagram, so I talk about it, but I recently went on antabuse, which is like an anti-alcohol drug, just so that I didn't struggle during the day with wondering, like, am I going to have a drink tonight or am I not? It was something that I really struggled with. So I think that's interesting that, that you kind of had the same or a similar experience. And then I too feel like it really helped me, um, just perform better, get clarity. I, yeah, like definitely. I and I think that like a big thing for me was I found myself um, chasing the buzz. Mm -hmm. Like I would, you know, I would get to the point where like I was trying to drink enough to catch that buzz and that feeling. And that's kind of where I found like, oh, I can, you know, open up and be myself and be yeah. happy and fun. And, you know, the more that you drink, the more that you have to then drink later to catch that buzz. And it yeah. just became more and more and more and more. And really what helped me the most was moving to Austin and um, training at such an elite and high level that I couldn't afford, like I couldn't afford it for my body. And, right. you know, it's so damn hot here <laughs> that like you just, you know, you just, you just couldn't. Yeah. So um, that helped me really take a couple steps back from it. And then yeah. as time went on, um, you know, it was like, man, like I can, I can hang out with my friends and have a good time and not, not have to yeah. have, you know, that alcohol. Now, like yeah. I said, I, I love to enjoy a good beer after a long run, you know, if I want to, but the greatest thing here is that before it was always like, oh, I'm going on a long run. I will have a couple beers when I'm done. Right now, like it's I'm going on a long run. If I want to, I can. Yeah, but it's not. I'm not. It's not planned. It's not. You know, I don't. I don't wake up and I'm. I'm thinking about it. You know, just right. like you said, it's like, oh, am I gonna have a drink tonight? You know, there was yeah. times where I was waking up in the morning and, um, you know, I'm like, yeah, tonight, like I'm gonna grill a steak and I'm gonna have yeah. a glass of whiskey and you know, and I'm doing. I'm thinking about this at eight a.m. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So crazy. That, that, that's when you know. You know, you you play with fire and you you yeah. reap the consequences. So yeah, as long as you can, you know, control that and not let it hinder, you know, who you are as a human being and the way that you live your life, then more power to you. Um, you know, yeah. I have a bunch of friends that are sober. I have a bunch of friends that love to party every night. Yeah. Um, you know, it's okay, but. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you need to take that step back. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a very personal like decision. And um, yeah, absolutely. But so, yeah, so you really started uh, this fitness journey over the pandemic in 2021, which is crazy. You already have like 40 some thousand followers on Instagram. Well, yeah. I, I found <laughs> that um, people love it when you are raw, when you are real. And people also love to see you in pain. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, uh, it's been it's been a fun journey. Um, the, my most of my growth came in 2022 uh, through social media. I did 
I think I did eight races in 12 months. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and I had a lot of success and was doing a lot of hard things. Um, I became an ambassador in 2022 for BPN, Bear Performance Nutrition. Yep. It's a supplement company. Um, having them promote me. I did the Leadville 100 uh, last year. And uh, Nick Bear, who owns BPN, had talked about me on his story, and that blew me up. And then, um, you know, coming to Austin, I got to Austin in February and had like 29,000. And just forming connections with people and um, networking and being part of the community. And it's just been a steady growth. So, um, you know, I, I don't look at my follower account a lot. Um, I look at my, uh, my reach and my engagement yep. and, you know, how many people that I can inspire to, you know, just start like I did. I think, I think social media is the greatest tool for connecting with people like that I have found. Like I would never know you, right? Like I right. would never know. I would never talk to you. I would never connect with you like I have if, so many friends that like I have known for like a year on through social media and then they're also now you know they're part of BPN and we meet yeah through a BPN event and it's like dude what's up and then it's like wait a minute nice to meet you right like right. you know yeah like, you, like, like you, know. you already know each other like yeah. I had a, a friend um his name is Logan Locke and we had talked on the phone, we had FaceTimed, we had, um, you know, I knew like person, like I knew personal stuff, like his wife and his daughter was going to be born and like all these personal things that we all knew about each other. And then we met for the first time in February of this year. And we're just like staring at each other because it's like uh, this, like we, we are, we've already met, like we already, we already, like, like this is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I love, like, that is my, the, my most favorite part of, of social media. I, I totally agree. And like, I, we know more about the people on social media than probably some of the people that are like real in front of us in our real lives, because it's such yeah. a place. If the people are like you, like are raw and out there and putting things out there to inspire, to motivate or to like help other, you get to know so much about people. I just think it's really cool. I'm like social media is like advocate, like all the people that say bad stuff. I'm like, I freaking love being on Instagram. I love going live. I love connecting with people. Like I, I just love yeah. the way that it's brought people that I would never ever know or have a chance to meet um, from, yeah. from here from like, I live in like this small like town in, in Moncton, which is like near Baltimore. But like, I don't know, I guess I feel like I get to experience like all different like parts of the world through social media. So yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the coolest things that I experienced was the day that I moved down to Austin or a couple days after, like, I mean, I, I hadn't been here for 72 hours and I went down to Ladybird Lake, which is where everyone runs. Like people are running the loop. It's 10 mile loop. They're running it all day, all day. And I was running one way and a, a kid was running the other. And I watched him like, look at me as he was running past and went past me. And then next thing you know, he's like on my shoulder and he's like, what's up, Matt? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Come to find out like he's an 18 year old kid, uh, hadn't even graduated high school yet and had been following me on Instagram um, for almost a year. And it was just, it was so like, I'm like, I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm a small town, Iowa kid. I just moved here. My first run on Lady Bird Lake and someone knows my name. It's I'm like reach people like right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's phenomenal. And people that come up to me like at the gym yesterday, I was at the gym and I was I was getting ready to put my headphones on and someone walked by and he's like, Hey man, like I just want to say, like, I just uh, I've been following you. I just started following you a while back on Instagram and your stuff's like super motivating. Truly appreciate you. And he just walks away. That's amazing. And I'm like, I'm like, damn. You know, like, like, like that, that is why, like, that's why I do it. Like, I love that. And yeah, yeah I, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, all right. Through 2021, you, what is, what is your first, like, I don't know, challenge or, or how did you get into this? I, I heard somewhere that you started reading Dave Goggins. Like, was that the inspiration yeah. or like what, 
Like, yeah. one, how did it start? And two, what was your first, like, event? Yeah, so the 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 quick rundown, um, very quick, is at the end of 2022, um, I don't even remember how, but I came across the audiobook Can't Hurt Me. Yeah. And um, I listened to it. And, you know, long story short here, like, I had a lot of uh, childhood trauma. Um, my mom was a single mom. She got married. She was in an abusive relationship. Um and I just saw a lot of things that I shouldn't. Uh, and listening to David Goggins' book, his mom, uh, his dad was abusive. His mom became a single mom. They traveled around. They lived different places. I, me too. And I just, I, I really related to him. And I remember that, like, I got in the book and then I kind of started, like, running while I'd listened to it, like, two, three, four miles. And then, like, it just started becoming more and more where I'm like, if this guy can go through everything that he went through, be 300 pounds, and then, you know, become who he's going to become. Like, why, why can't that be me? And so then it started out as like, I was running eight miles, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 24 miles a week. Um, get into the beginning of 2021, find out that I'm going to be stationed out in Virginia. Um, get out there and the first run that I did out there was a 5k. It was a local 5k. I just went out and I ran it 17 something. I was pretty fast. Yeah, I was pretty yeah. fast at that time. Um, you know, but like, I, I didn't know anything. Like I just, yeah. I just went out and did it. Yeah. And then I met Trey Fisher, um, who became a very good friend of mine. He worked at like the local running store. Okay. Um, and he's like, you know, you should come out and like, you know, run with me and I'll kind of, you know, show you some threshold intervals. And I'm like, yeah, whatever the hell that means. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, let's do it. So started running with him, doing some track work with him. And then he introduced me to the trails. Okay. And it was over. Like okay. it was, yeah. it was absolutely over. And I never planned how many miles I was going to run. I never planned weekly mileage. I didn't, I don't, I couldn't even tell you how many miles a week I was running. I would just go out and run anywhere from, nine to 18 miles just mm -hmm. running and um had an idea one day i was like i'm gonna do a 30 miler okay and i went out and i ran 30 miles and i had like three rice crispy bars the entire time it was brutal it was so bad like i had no yeah. clue what i was doing still right, right. um <clears throat> and then trey told me about this race that was in west virginia put on by roman run mm -hmm. um it was the run wild 20 miler and I just got goosebumps for some reason. Uh, oh. That was my, that was weird. That was my very first run. Okay. Um, I went out there and I ran 20 miles through the West Virginia mountains. I think I finished uh, like seventh overall. Dang. Yeah. And I was like, this is like, this is my shit. This is the shit. Like yeah. this is, yeah, like yeah. The, um, this is what I'm going to do. And um, now, then what was I got it? Was in. It the race? Was, sorry. What was it about that yeah. race that you were like, this is it? Was it the race itself, like being in the community or what? It was like, it was like the, it was the, like, I love the trails. My love is for the trails, but like, there was just something about like the morning vibe. Like, like, like I can just, I don't know what it was about that race, but like I can right now, like just speaking to you, I can like paint an entire picture on the other side of my computer yeah. of like, looking at the start line, seeing the the dew over the mountains and the coffee that they had that morning. And, you know, like it was just, it was, it was insane. Like that. Yeah, and and like, then I go no, out I and, I, and, I, and I go, <laughs> I go, you know, and then I go out and I start this run and I'm with the lead pack the entire time. Then the lead pack pulls away and it's just me. And I ran probably 15 miles by myself, but I was right behind the lead pack. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I finished sixth, sixth, seventh overall, fifth, fifth, maybe fifth, fifth to seventh. Yeah. And, and I was just like, you know, maybe, maybe I have something here because the guys that finished above or in front of me are some serious elite dudes now. They've been doing and, it a or, while. Or, and yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. then, which, you know, I didn't really know. Yeah. Um, I think my, my finish time there was, I think it was three hours. Uh, I'd have to look back at like the elevation gain, but I remember like there was times where like I was using trees 
like oh, to like pull myself up like steep inclines. Wow. Um, and then about two weeks later, I had that's when I kind of started like that's when I found BPN, mm-hmm. and uh, I got into the BPN marathon. Only two hundred and fifty people got in. I got a ticket, and that is the race that changed everything. That was the one. Okay, I definitely want to talk about that. But I also want to go back to this, like, this first marathon and and the way that it made you feel like, and when you finish and you're like, I I think I'm, you know, I might be kind of good at that. At that time in your life, was there a need or a reason for you to feel better about yourself? Like, do you feel like you needed confidence from somewhere? And maybe that is, was like, I don't know, the appeal of that race. It was like, you, you were, I don't know, you needed that confidence. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, I kind of, I have spoke on this a little bit before. I don't know what it is, but I always, you know, I don't know if it's the childhood trauma that, you know, I kind of spoke about or what it is, but like, I always feel like I have something to prove. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not, you know, I know that it's really not true. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's something I have to prove to others. I think it's more something like, I feel like I have to prove to myself day in and day out that like number one like i am who i say i am when it comes down to being this elite athlete and number two that like i am capable of stupid hard things mm-hmm. and yeah so i would say like, like like that that was the biggest thing is because no matter what like i have a problem celebrating the victories like i'll i mean i'll celebrate them like you know, we'll get into it, but like I won, I won the marathon this year and I celebrated it. And then the next day it was like, what, what's next? Like, I, I, I need to go, you know, like, 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 like there has to be something else. And we'll get into that. Cause I did, that was, I did a marathon Ironman back to back, like same, same week. And that, and that right there is, you know, kind of, that's my toxic trade is like, I just, there, there has to be something else. Like I always have to have something on the calendar um, you know, like when I finish Leadville, like I'm already like, I already have anxiety from finishing Leadville because I'm like, what, like what's after Leadville? And everyone's asking me like, you're going to do a, you know, a 200 or you're going to do another hundred. And I'm like, I don't know, like so, it's going to be something. Um, but that's yeah, there's, there's just, that's a yeah, lot of there's pressure just to always, put on yourself. yeah. Yeah. And I do. And I, and I, I've tried everything I can to get away from it and, yeah. you know, if managed and I think I manage it pretty well, um, you know, it's okay, but you know, allowing that to go unmanaged can be, can be very mentally harmful. Yeah. I mean, because what happens if you can't run, right? What happens if you get injured? What happens if you, which I, um, which I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I did just, have, I went through that for six weeks and did you? yeah, 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 we can, yeah, that, that'll be a, that'll be the 2023 year, but We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll chat about that, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it was very hard. Yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, I think that is, that is the thing. It's one of the reasons that I started this podcast myself is because, well, I'm getting older, you know, I'm 43, you're, you're in your twenties. You got, you got a little while, but I'm getting to this point where I was PRing, PRing, PRing. And then all of a sudden it was like, I kind of plateaued and I'm worried that I'm not, I had still have goals. But I was so stressed about like, what am I going to do when I can't PR anymore? Like, what does running mean to me that has nothing to do with my performance? Like, because that's what's going to keep me in the sport for, you know, till I die, basically. So um, definitely interesting. And, uh, and when want to talk more about that, but, but go on. So, so yeah, so we're, I think we're at 2022. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So 2022. uh, So I get into the BPN marathon. And I had like, at this point I had not trained. I didn't have any knowledge on, you know, VO2, uh, you know, anaerobic, aerobic threshold zone one through five. Like I, I didn't have any of this knowledge and went down to the BPN marathon and, uh, show up and went sub three, uh, ran a two fifty nine fifty two. Hell Yeah. And yeah. And I think I went fourth overall. Shit. And that was kind of when, like, then BPN, you know, that's when BPN found me. And, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, you you got this. And then they kind of started posting me. And then Instagram kind of started, you know, slowly taking off. 
that was January. I took February off. Um, March, that, and then and then in February is when I started training for triathlon. Nick Bear's uh, triathlon coach, Natasha Vandermeer, reached out to me, and she's like, I think you would be great at triathlon. And I'm like, I know what it is, but okay, sounds good. Let's do it. And she's like, well, there's one, there's one in Des Moines in June and which is where I lived. And I'm like, okay, like sign me up. Like, what do I need? So I started training for triathlon. First time I had a coach. Um, so then into March during triath during Ironman prep, um, I went and ran the Des Moines half marathon and I won it. Uh, I ran 121. That was my very first half. This is only my, so I did the 20 mile trail race. Then I did the marathon and then I did my first half. Um, and I won that. The next month in April, I went down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I ran the Sticks and Stones 50K trail race in the Ozarks. And uh, I won it by, I won it overall by 35 minutes and set the course record and like, and was like, that was like back again where I was like, oh shit, like, like, like I'm, I'm meant to be on the trails. Yeah. And so that was April, took May off because I had Ironman in June, went into Ironman in June and did a 10 something Ironman, which is, you know, decently elite. And that was my first one. I went ninth overall in my age group. Um, I was one slot, one slot out from qualifying for the world finals. So, uh, that, that kind of stung a little bit. Um, that was June, July went into a 40 mile charity run carrying the American flag. Wow. Um, that was my longest run to date. And then uh, I got a call at the very end of July from a charity that had saw me do that charity run. And they said, hey, we had a, a runner get hurt um, for the Leadville 100, do you want in? That And that's coming and, up next month, right? Well, this was last year. Oh, this is last year. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. that so that was that was twenty nine days before the Ludville one hundred. They called me. Oh my gosh. And and being mad, uh, being mad, you're like, I cannot do this. And I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm not sure. Hang up the phone, and I stare at it, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Like right. like like right away. Like you know, and it's a bad so, idea. Like you know, it's a bad, but you yeah. can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. So then we got to Leadville. Um, I had no time to train. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Jeez. And um, Leadville condensed down into 10 seconds. Uh, it's a 50 mile out and back. I came back in at mile 60, um, top 200 overall. Uh, and I sat down at the aid station and I couldn't stand up. Okay. Uh, my little brother had to like pick me up. And I had to lock my knees and grab my trekking poles. And I walked uh, the next 50 kilometers, which is 31 miles. Um, I never ran again after that point. I made it to May Queen at 27 hours and I was cut off by time. Damn. That's so, insane though. That's like some determination though. Yeah, 80, 87 miles uh, with no no training at, at, at Leadville. Right. Um, during the race, like I, it was, it was like my feet were, everything was fine until overnight. Um, I mean, everything wasn't fine cause my quads were destroyed at 60, but overnight, like I started hallucinating really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like at a point, uh, I got like really, really scared, freaked out because I, I thought like we were being followed by wolves. Oh my God. That's and, insane. Yeah, and like, 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 as in to the point, like, where I can't even stress enough that like everything that I'm about to tell you was like I, I could actually see it. Like, yeah, like I thought that like there was wolves that were following us. Um, I stopped for a point and started talking to a guy, and my pacer is like, "What are you doing?" And it was a bush. Um, That's so wild. And then after that, I it was the first time I, I, I fell asleep standing up. Like, like, like I woke up because I hit the ground face first. Yeah. Um, when I fell, I didn't know this until I got home to the Airbnb. I broke my wrist. What? Um, yeah. So I, I actually, I fractured, I fractured my wrist like right here. I saw the x-ray of it and I just had no idea. And I just kept, I just kept trekking with my poles. And, and then the craziest part was during like right towards the end, there was like a puddle 
in the middle of the road. It was like a mirage. But no, it was an actual puddle, but like I thought my dog was laying there. Wow. And I remember like going up to it and like like looking at this puddle and I knew like I could see Ash. Ash is my blue healer. I could see him laying there. But also like I could like my mind was like he's not there. That's a puddle. Yeah. But like I could see him. See I yeah. could see him. And and it was it was the craziest thing to be able to, you know, to try to step away from that and like get that out of my head. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I made it to May Queen and I got cut off by time. They took my bib and I, I never saw the finish line of the Lead Pill 100. So, I mean, did anybody prepare you for that? Did, did anybody prepare you for the hallucinations or like, so you just like. You, they just I had threw no, you to the wolves. Literally, they just literally, threw you. Literally yeah. to the wolves. I, 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 I had, I had no idea. And honestly, like, ignorance is kind of bliss. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that I didn't know what was coming. Really. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that I would have been terrified if I, if I knew everything that was going to happen. This but year, like in I the feel moment. Different. I was like. This yeah. year, like I'm prepared, like like yeah. I know it's not a matter of like if I'm gonna finish, it's a matter of like how quick are we gonna go. Okay. And yeah. I think like like you know like that's the difference. Yeah. Um, are you yeah, scared? Was... Are you scared? Are you scared of the like hallucinations this time? No. Um, I, I did that 50 mile run overnight where I like yeah. made sure that I was tired. I just recently did that. Okay. Um, and actually, crazy. I maybe I'm just an, a hallucinator because I <laughs> you just reminded me. At like mile 49, we were coming down the home stretch where the house is. And I like stopped in my, like got scared. I, <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. I looked down and Austin, my buddy, he's like, what, what, what? And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I knew it was a car. But for some reason, the car to me quickly yeah. looked like it holding a balloon, the clown. Oh, no. <laughs> That's terrifying. And I forgot all about that. It was like quick, like, like yeah. I saw it and it like yeah. startled me. And yeah. then like, and then it like turned into a car um but wow. no i mean i don't know maybe maybe i'm just a hallucinator i don't know oh my it, God, it, that's, that's crazy. Wild. I, I forgot all about that <laughs> our minds are just that's insane how they can like play tricks on us like that yeah that is that's that's crazy um well okay so what is it that made you keep going um in the first leadville i mean you were obviously like pretty bad in pretty bad shape um, why did you, why didn't you just stop? Um, I think like, like the big thing is, is like, I, I take a lot of pride in, like I said, like, like being who I say I am mm -hmm. and doing what I say I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah. And you know, when I, no matter what, whether it's, you know, in day by day life or in a race, like when I say I'm going to do a certain thing, like I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I like to speak like the biggest thing for me too, is speaking things into existence. And I was just, I just spoke on this the other day during Leadville. Like when I, when I was at the start line, like when I was at the start line of the BPN marathon, the first one, I was like, I'm like, like I'm, I'm going to go sub three. I'm going to go sub three. I'm going to go sub three. I went sub three. When I was at the start line of the Leadville 100, I, I kind of messed up because I was so nervous or anxious that I was like, no matter what, I'm not going to quit. I never told myself that I was going to finish the race. Okay. I never told myself that I was going to, you know, which I recently like just got brought into my mind again the other day when I was talking with my friend about this was the saying that I kept telling myself leading up to Leadville was, I'm, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. Because the biggest thing is only 30% of the people that start the Leadville 100 finish the Leadville 100 because people quit. And so it was such a, it was such a big thing to me that like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to quit. And um, yeah, you know, I, I put it out there on social media. I tell everyone, I text my mom, I text my grandma, I text my brother and I'm like, I'm going to, you know. I'm going to do this. I'm going to win the BPN marathon. I'm going to, you know, I tell everyone because then I have to hold myself accountable to do what I say, do what I said I was going to do. Yeah. And that's, I think that's how I find most of my success is I, I set a goal and I'll tell everyone about it, but I'm also not, I'm not afraid to, you know, I will win in public and I will lose in public too. 
you know, yeah, yeah, you know, just just being able to, if you have that mentality, like the one I just said, you need to be ready to have the flip side where you lose, right? And everyone has, you know, you have to deal with that, right? Because I was, I was thinking, like, well, that that would be kind of scary. Like you have to watch what you say, right? Because once you say it, you're, you know, that your determination is going to like take over and no matter what you're going to go after and do it. Um, so one, like, it just occurred to me, like, gosh, I'd be so careful with like my words and like what I said, yeah. but then too, like, what, what, how do you deal with it when you say something and then it doesn't happen? Like, you know, cause they're like you said, that's, that's, uh, that's a risk that you take by putting it out there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I haven't had to deal with that yet. Yeah. I, I haven't. And that was the thing, you know, because of Leadville, I said, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I didn't really look at Leadville as a failure for me. It hurt that I didn't finish that race. Um, but I didn't really look at it as a failure because I think Leadville, that race last year truly, truly showed me exactly what I was capable of. And that was extraordinary things. To be able to go out, most I'd ever ran was 40 miles in the flat, flat Iowa country. And I go out into the Rocky Mountains and I make it 87 miles in, in, in 27 hours. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it was... It was like, like that was, you know, that, that wasn't a failure to me, but back to your question, you know, no, I, I, I haven't, haven't had that happen to me yet where I say something and, you know, when I say like, I'm going to do this in a race and it, and it doesn't happen, but I am, you know, like I said, I, I, I am very much so prepared for, you know, because like, like I'm saying now, like right now, like I just said to you, um, it's not a matter of if I'm going to finish, it's how fast am I going to go? That's, that's what I keep saying. And, you know, can I have a bad day and slip down the mountain and hurt myself and I don't finish the race? Yeah. I'll deal with that when I get there. But I think that the biggest thing for me is like that exact saying, it's not about if I'm going to finish, it's about how fast am I going to go is something that I've, I've, I've been saying that exact sentence to myself and to everyone for so long that I think it's just one of those things where I just beat it in my head. Yeah. So then when I get out there and it, you know, you get into the suck and like this, you know, it, this hurts, this is terrible. I can still have that playing in my head. It's not about if I'm going to finish, it's how fast can we get there? Absolutely. I mean, mindset going in is so important. And I think that's what you're, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're setting yourself up for, to have a good day, to have success. And yeah. why would you yeah. go in any other way? You know? Yes, absolutely. All right. So we, so that was, that was Leadville. And then after Leadville 2022, where are we now? Where, where are we? So we took a, we took a break. We were, I, I was hurt when I, when I fell, I displaced a rib. Mm. Um, and I was having a lot, I had to go to PT. I had a lot of difficulty breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I would run and I would get the heart rate into like zone three, zone four, I'd have to shut it down because my lung I had so much inflammation from that displaced rib. My lung wasn't able to um, fully expand. Right. Um, so I took off uh, September, October, November, December, and then started training again in January. Um, came down for the BPN Athlete Weekend in February. Uh, two days before the – I wasn't going to run. The, it was the same weekend as the Austin Marathon. I wasn't going to run it. Um, two days before when I was down here, one of my buddies is like, Hey, like I'm not running it. Do you want my ticket? And I hadn't, I hadn't been training and I'm like, yeah, like whatever. Dude, give me, give me you your gotta ticket. You got to know not to say that to you. People have to learn to stop doing that. Yeah. To you. Yeah. So <laughs> I take this ticket. Uh, I set the goal. I wanted to go, I wanted to PR yeah. and Austin is, a, Austin is a terrible course. It's a, it, it's, oh, the, no. it's a horrible course. So okay. the first, and I didn't realize this, the first three and a half miles are uphill the entire way. Ugh, yeah. So went out in Austin. I wanted to PR. I ended up going 123, um, which is a like a six six ten, I think. Yeah. Um, good. Super fast with no yeah. training at all. Really good, yeah. Um, 
And then I was initially in my training phase for our Ironman Texas and BPN called me and they're like, Hey, like we want you to run the marathon this year. Um, I'm like, okay, when is it? And they're like, it's six days before Ironman Texas. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'll run it. And I was going to defer Ironman Texas. I couldn't defer. Um, so I said, fuck it. <laughs> Let's do both. But you were kind of excited. You were kind of like, this I is was, insane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't nervous at all. I was yeah. like, you know, like, like, this is my shit. Like, like, yeah. like. Right. Like, like like that that's who i am so yeah i set the goal of going sub three um i set the goal of going sub three in the, in the marathon and sub 12 in the iron man okay. mind you I, I i stopped training for iron man because i thought i was going to just do the marathon so yeah. i hadn't yeah. trained for I, I didn't train at all for this iron man whatsoever that's why i set the goal of under 12 okay um knowing that i went like 1040 or 1050 at iron man des moines I was like, okay, right. you know, sub three, we're going to go 12. Um, then as we got closer and closer to uh, the BPN marathon, I knew I had a shot at winning it. Um, so my goal was to win it. I didn't know what I was going to have to run to do it. Um, so I set out, I uh, just set out at a pace to lead the pack. Um, I led up until uh, mile 18. And... Uh, someone out of nowhere, there was a lead pack of three of us and someone, some kid out of nowhere just dropped us at 18. I mean, just bl like blew my doors off and which was wild to me because I thought that was very soon and just, and at mile 18, like so yeah. mentally defeated, right? Yeah. Like, and I was like, I was settling in. I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm not yeah. like it's over. Like I'm not going to win. Yeah. And I turned around at 20 because it was an out and back, out and back. Turned around at 20 and he was three minutes ahead of me. And during the race, I had, I had a, uh, I had an earphone in okay. like a, like a, like a, like a little headphone thing Yeah. and had music on my watch. And, uh, my mom is my everything. Like my mom is, I'm a mama's boy. Okay. My mom was live tracking the race. Like she, when I race, she's like, she's in it. And <laughs> yeah. my mom texts me and she goes, like, plays over my headphone through right. my watch. It goes, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but you're in second. Oh, that's awesome. And I, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I can't text yeah. her back, you know, but right, like, right, I hear right, it. Right. And then, and then about five minutes later, I get another text and this changed my entire race. Like at this point, like I'm sad and in my head and I'm like, I'm not going to win it. And mom said, you were three minutes out. You're now two minutes out. He's fading. Go get him. Yes. And like, like, just like, like, just like that. I just, I turned the jets on and I was able like, I grabbed a 605 pace at, at 20 and no way for six yeah. miles and at, at, uh, at, actually it was it was about 22 because he was okay. fading Still. yeah um yeah. so i grabbed I, I grabbed that um and i was gone I, I i blew his doors off and ended up going to 253 holy shit um, yeah and and won yeah won the bpn marathon uh so shout out to my mom because yeah. I would not, yes, mom. I would not have uh. won that. I, I would not have won that race um, without you know. So thank God for technology, I guess, for my yeah. watch to be able to. That's so cool to grab that. Um, and then yeah, six days later, uh, literally finished the race, won it. Uh, two days later, we headed to Houston for Ironman Texas. Um, went out Ironman Texas and PR'd Ironman. I ran faster than what I ran at Des Moines with no training. Um, but at mile 24 of the marathon in stride, I fractured my fibula. Um, and like, like I, I, I felt it, it was a, it was a pretty severe stress fracture, but I, I felt it like I felt it and I, it didn't, it, it almost dropped me like, like to my knees. It didn't like, I think I had enough adrenaline that I kept going. Yeah. Um, I finished the race though. 
and had to be wheelchaired to the medical tent and uh, where they, you know, they, they diagnosed it as a stress fracture and then later on imaging and all of that. Um, so from that point to the end of April, I didn't run a single mile and that was six weeks. That, so, that we were talking about. Moral of the story here is you reap your consequences for doing dumb shit. Yes. It's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I was like, you want to do dumb awesome. shit? You're going to reap the consequences. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome that you did it. But also, uh, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, but you, I'm imagining you don't regret it, you know? No. Right? No. no. That was the greatest. Yeah. Um, that, you know, turning the corner during the BPN marathon and all, a lot of my friends work at BPN as media and all of that. And I remember turning the corner because apparently, apparently the tracker like went off at 22 and had, and they didn't know that I passed that guy. Like I was favored to win it. They thought everyone thought I was going to win it. And the last thing that they could see is that like, I was two minutes behind. And so there was a final turn onto a gravel road that like, imagine like a, a flat field turn onto a gravel road and about a quarter of a mile down, all of my friends in the media team, um, Pierce and Ryan and George and like, and Drew, like they're all on this golf cart, like hanging off like monkeys, like, like, like just waiting to see who's yeah. going to, cause it was about, it was about a mile to the finish. So they were just okay. waiting to see who was going to come around that corner. Yeah, and when I came around that corner, they were like shaking the they golf lost, cart. Yeah. They were, <laughs> they, they were like it. ripping their t-shirts off <laughs> and just going insane. And that feeling of turning that corner and knowing like that I was about to win the entire marathon and having yeah. my friends there, and you know that was a feeling that I will never forget. And then going into Ironman Texas and the goal of sub twelve, and I went ten forty is you know i'll never i'll never forget the feelings of that week yeah and that it, it happened and you, you know like it's a memory you'll always have of those two things yeah. i love that like i especially yeah. love the marathon one like i because i don't know much about ironmans or the other yeah. stuff i mean i know that's incredible but i can actually yeah. picture the marathon and the finish and your friends and like all of that stuff like that's so incredibly yeah. cool and it was so cool like I didn't even think about taking the tape. Like it just never crossed my mind. And then when I roll up to the finish line and the tapes there. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. Like, like I see people do this all the time. <laughs> I never, ever thought that I would take the tape. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't even think about the tape being there. Like I didn't even think about those things. And then right. I saw the tape and I'm like, I'm going to take the tape. Ugh. And for anyone that's listening to this, if you don't if you don't know what that means, they have like a banner across the finish line where you see someone finish and they, you know, break the banner. Um, ah, I took the tape. They wouldn't let me take it home though. I I I wanted to like I'm sure take, you have like, pictures. It was like a yeah yeah. It was like a mesh banner. It was mesh. Okay. Uh -huh. And like as soon as I finished, I'm like, can I have that? And they're like, no. <laughs> oh, I would have asked the same thing. Oh my god, man. Dude, did you have like a, a, cool. a special like pose? Did you do anything crazy? Did you do like a push up at the end or like, <laughs> did you, what was your crazy yeah, dance? So, uh, I, 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 I kind of blacked out as I was mm. coming to the finish. And of course my David Goggins side apparently came out because <laughs> the entire time to the finish, I was screaming, they don't know me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Where Goggins is like, they don't know me, son. <laughs> and the entire way, like I didn't even remember it. The entire, like the entire, probably 200 feet to the finish line. I'm just screaming. Like they don't know me. Uh, so, so cringy, so stupid, but like, that's like, and I was like, not there. Yeah. No. And so luckily, you know, there was so many videos and I love to just go back and watch them because I'm like, yeah, like you are so cringy, Matt. <laughs> yeah. So cringy. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was well worth it. It was awesome. It was um, awesome. And then, so now, and that's, that's, that brings us up to like now, right? Cause, and now it's going to be Leadville at hundred again, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I took, you know, I took that almost six weeks off from running to heal up. Um, and I ate a shit ton of good food 
and lifted six to seven days a week and got very, very, very strong. Um, I mean, I was lifting a, a stupid amount of weights. I'm, I was 150 pounds and I was squatting 240. I was bench pressing like 170. I was deadlifting 325. Um, I was very strong. And I attribute that being that hybrid athlete during the time, I attribute that to my very quick build back in miles. Um, so then at the end of May, now, mind you, I had never, I've never ran over 80 miles in a week in my life. Um, so starting in May, uh, I started like my build back, which was into my miles. My very first week was 18 miles. That was my first week back. Second was 38. My third week back was 81 into 103 into 95. I deloaded at 50. Peak week was 122. The next week was 100. And now I'm tapering for lead though. Now, like anyone, anyone that's out here, like anyone's, yeah. anyone that's listening to this, anyone that's like listening to this, it's not, you know, doesn't know a lot about running. They say that a safe increase per week is 10%. Yeah. And I went, I went 200% every week. Yeah. And yeah, no. I truly attribute <laughs> that to, to weightlifting and having my, you know, yeah. having my muscles and my joints and my body ready to go 16, 36, 82, 103. And then, and then I've been averaging about 96 miles a week. Now, are you tired? Are you tired during the day? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I am tired. Okay. You're tired uh, during the day? Cause I'm you know, like, I'm tired. Yeah. So my, my routine during these hundred mile weeks, um, I'm an online, I'm an endurance coach for Tua, which is, uh, take uncommon action. It's a, um, it's a company that has hybrid athletes, bodybuilders, all of that. We have three coaches. Um, so I work remote. I do coaching online. Um, I'll wake up in the morning. I'll, you know, check in on clients, make sure everything's good. Drink my coffee, go for my run, come back. Usually like during that 120 mile week, it was about a three hour run. So I'm coming back at about 11 AM. Um, I'd spend an hour making lunch. I would sit down at 12. I would work athletes again for about an hour at one. I would eat lunch and then I would nap. I would take a nap from one o'clock to like one to three. Um, I would wake up real quick, check in on athletes again, work, do something like that. Then I would head to the gym. I would do my double back. So whatever run I needed to do in the evening. And then I would lift weights. I would come home. I would work a little bit again. I would make dinner. I would go to bed and I would do that. And I did that. I did that. I mean, that, that was, that was my schedule up until now into my taper where I'm feeling very good right now. Like I'm, I feel, you know, energy wise, like my energy is great. My miles this week are 65. Next week is 55. Next week is 30. And then it's race week. Yeah. So I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good, but it was, um, that 120 mile week mentally and physical exhaustion was one of the hardest things I'd ever done because I did, I did 122 in six days, not in a week. It was, it was six days. I had one rest day. So my average miles were, it's like what, 18 a day. That's crazy. 20, 22 a day, 20, 20, 20 something, 20, 20, 20 point something a day. Yeah. Don't even ask me to do math. It's not my, that's not my, that's not my area. <laughs> um, but how do you, how do you do with the taper? Like, are you one who likes the taper uh, or you, does it drive you nuts? Yeah. Um, I like the taper because I know that it's needed. Yeah. Um, but it's very, it's very hard for me because like the type of person that I am is like, I feel like I can always be doing something to better myself. So like this morning I had a seven mile run. And then, you know, came back, made breakfast, sat down, got ready for, you know, for our chat. And then now, like, even while I'm sitting here during, you know, during this podcast with you, it's like, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe I can run three miles later. And it's like, no, 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 I don't need to do that. I don't need yeah. to do that. So it's very, it's, it, it, it's, it's very hard for me. Cause I always feel like there's more that you can do to better yourself. Yeah. But also, you know, as an endurance athlete and as a coach now, like I know that 
you can't gain any fitness within three weeks of Leadville. You can't gain any fitness. That's me going out and running three miles later is not going to help me finish the Leadville 100, but it can sure as hell hurt me. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you have to, you, yeah, yeah. You have to, uh, you gotta be careful. And the biggest thing for me I've realized is like, I've been so used to like these 20 mile days that like, if I run, I really love doubles. I love doubling back just because it's so hot here in Austin and like sweating and, you know, is like run very light in the morning. So, you know, like four miles in the morning. And if I had 10 on the day, then I'll do six in the evening, you know, something like that, just to feel the vault, you know, feel like I'm doing more, but I'm really not, if that makes sense. Um, so and also like reminding myself like, hey, I'm running seven miles today because I'm running 13 tomorrow. You know, my big run this week is 13. So tomorrow, I know that I'll feel good, if that makes sense. Do it today um, what you need to do to so, have a good tomorrow, basically. Have a good tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Now, do you get do you get in your head about like being sick and like, like ghost pains and stuff like that? Do you have you do you experience that at all? Not, not really. Oddly enough, like when it comes down to racing, like I am very, like it's, it's time to get the job done. Like, like I always say, like I've put in the work, no matter what the outcome is going to be the outcome. I've done everything I can to prepare. Yeah. I've done, I, I control what I can control and everything that I can't control is out of my hands. Right. And, you know, if I walk outside and get hit by a car, that's out of my control, yeah. you know, but what I can control is not going out and doubling back and running three miles, yeah, you know, right. not, not doing something to, you know, to hurt myself. And that allows me to show up to every single start line with a, like, I'm not nervous. I'm not jittery. I'm not awesome. sick to my stomach. Like I, I, I've never showed up to a start line feeling like that. Uh, every time that I've shown up to a start line, it's like, I've done Besides Leadville last year, Leadville is a little bit different, but like I've done yeah. the work, I've yeah. put in the time, Yeah, you know, whatever is meant to happen is going to happen. Yeah. I love that. It's so crazy. You can't that change you, it. Yeah. At that point. You, right. You have such a good like mindset and so much like knowledge being so new at the sport. I think that's really incredible. And I, I feel like you are so ready for this next race and of course, like, I'm just going to be like cheering for you and like hoping that you have like a great race and what, four, three or four weeks away now. Yeah. Yeah. Three weeks tomorrow. Three weeks tomorrow. And uh, just enjoy, enjoy those three weeks. I'm one who personally loves the taper. Get, you know, mentally prepared to, to do it because I feel like I'm my most fit. Yeah. And like you said, like you've done all the work. Yeah. And, and that, that's the cool to... part about a taper is like your body, your body like I feel during my taper, like I'm my leanest and my fittest. And because what happens is, is, is during the taper, your, your inflammation goes down and, you know, inflammation causes, you know, random areas to be swollen or bloating or something like that. So as your inflammation goes down, like I feel leaner, I look leaner and which causes me to, you know, feel better and yeah. feel like I can perform better. I don't care what I look like ever. Like, you know, I'm an endurance athlete. 90% of the time we look like shit because we're so swollen and nasty anyways. But, <laughs> you know, feeling that way, feeling lean, looking lean, yeah. like yeah. it's just, it's, it, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's Strong. very motivating yeah. going in taper. Yeah, for sure. For sure, awesome. Absolutely. You're just as cool as I thought you would be. So that's awesome. And um, I, yeah, I wish you the best. I'll, I'll enjoy following you for, um, you know, on Instagram and glad that we connected. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun recording with our guest. Remember to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and follow me at One Classy Mother Runner on Instagram, where you can find links to this show, information about my virtual coaching program, and the Bella's Run Club. Until next time, this is Nikki Tamburino. Keep running, keep inspiring, and keep sharing how maybe running will help. Have a great run, everybody. Woo! I
jap, you can't ignore it. I'm transforming now these cars and planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets. When I'm performing, never boring, now you can't afford it. Champagne Perrier, finished friends on my face. Looking like I'm from the D, D's no Cartier's. Pockets deep, 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 bro. Heard the big bags overseas, then we gon' go, go, go. 